Hey, good morning, everybody. I don't know what day it is. <laughs> it's Thursday. Lori's sitting right in front of me. She let me know. You know, isn't it a wonderful thing to wake up and not know what day it is? <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you, Lord. Life is good. L-I-G. Life is good. I just want to thank you for joining and uh, visiting with us this morning. I, I truly love each and every one of you. I mean that from the bottom of my heart. I thank you for all you do. And uh, it just means so much from your gifts, your cards, your letters, your financial support. Just thank you so much. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And um, there have been some of you who have asked or have mentioned it would be a nice it would be nice if there were you know outline notes for 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 these teachings and um i have a complete uh complete the complete notes on the entire righteousness series and um i will make them available to anyone who wants them just give me your you know your email address or where i can send them, send them and i will certainly send them to you I'm excited about this series. I, I put them all in, in, in one grouping. So <coughs> so there are 22 pages of notes on righteousness. <laughs> and we'll be adding to it. And we'll be adding to it. You know, I talk about righteousness because righteousness is the key. It really is the key. You know, we try to get people to believe. Okay, you have to believe. You know, you have to have faith. Um, you have to want. But it's all tied into righteousness. Righteousness. So if you think that the grace of God is what affords us every blessing and everything that we could need or want, the the word makes it clear in Romans chapter 5, verse 1. It says, And now, having been justified, having been made righteous, we have peace with God through faith in Jesus Christ. Now, having been made righteous, righteousness, chapter 5, verse 1 of Romans. And then it goes on to say in verse 2, by which we also have access to this grace where in which we stand. So righteousness gives you access to grace. If you're looking for grace, if you're wanting grace, it's connected to your believing and understanding that you are righteous of your righteousness. And this is why, again, Paul, I mean, I missed it for 40 years. I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God for salvation. The gospel of Christ is the power of God for salvation to all who believe, first the Jew and then the Gentile. For there, see, therein lies the righteousness of God. So Paul is saying, if you can say, all you have to do is just say it backwards. The righteousness of God is the power of God for salvation 
for all who believe in the gospel of Christ. You know, righteousness. Listen, guys, don't poo-poo it away. <laughs> don't poo-poo it away. Righteousness is of utmost importance. And when Paul talks about fighting the good, fighting the good fight of faith, standing firm in your faith, it's all about righteousness. It's all about righteousness. And listen, my righteousness meter is pretty high, pretty high. But I'm going to tell you what, there are times when I let, you know, thoughts of, 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 of doubt, doubt I, I, I entertain them at times. Really? Is, is this true? This, this is too good to be true. That's why it's the gospel. Because the gospel is too good to be true. And it is too good to be true. I am righteous, and so are you. <laughs> the gospel is too good to be true. And so righteousness, righteousness. Remember we talked about Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, where, where God said, let us make man in our own image, in our own likeness. And we, we, we discovered that that is holiness, true righteousness. Holiness and true righteousness. And when God breathed into man the breath of life, he was face to face. Can you imagine being face to face with God? There's only one way to be face to face with God, and that is because you are just like him. You are righteous, you are holy, and you are blameless. And this is why the word of God is so, is so powerful. It tells us now in this new covenant, because of this new covenant, that now we can have boldness and confidence to enter into his presence. We've been accepted into his beloved. Now, let us come boldly into his throne room. You know, let us come boldly to the throne of grace where we always obtain mercy and then leave with grace. Why? Righteousness. And so we've been talking about the fruit of righteousness, the fruits of righteousness, being filled with the fruits of righteousness. And we talked about that word filled and it means completely crammed, 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 crammed to the, to the overflowing, crammed to the overflowing. And that's what Jesus said, a well, right? A well inside us, right? An artesian well, overflowing, overflowing. It's in us. It's within us. It's crammed in us. All this goodness, everything we could need, everything we could want, everything we can hope for. I don't know how. <laughs> I just know it is. The word of God says it is. I'm glad I don't have to explain how. I'm glad. It's just like the God of the universe has Think about the universe. Think how, about how big. Think about, you know, I drive down south, South Carolina, the Blue Ridge Mountains, how majestic they are. You know, we live, we live up here by the Catskills and the Adirondacks. We've, I've flown over the Rockies. I've, been, I've, driven, I've driven through Colorado, the, uh, the Rockies. and P Pikes Peak, what is it called, Pikes Peak? Mm -hmm. How enormous. Can you imagine how enormous God is? But yet, he's in here. I don't understand. I, I'm glad I don't have to explain it. He just is. And fruits of righteousness crammed in there. Crammed in there. Plenteous. And so we've been talking about fruits of righteousness for the last few weeks. And, and today, uh, yesterday we started more on the fruit of righteousness and specifically the character of of Christ. And some of the words, uh, some of the scriptures we looked at, um, Galatians chapter 4, verse 6, 
where it tells us, and because you are sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into our hearts. Wow. And together, he and I, Jesus and me, we cry out, Abba Daddy, Abba Father. We're one. We're united, you know? I, pr- pastors and priests and ministers, they used to ask the question all the time, you know, could God dwell in sin? Lori, could God dwell in sin? No. No. Can God have fellowship with sin? Well, guess what? The Spirit of God's Son is right here in me, dwelling in me, and together we cry out, Abba, Father. Why? Because I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, and you're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And then we looked at that beautiful portion of Scripture from Romans chapter 8, verse 29 and 30. For whom God foreknew in advance, he determined that they would be conformed into the exact, exact, all right? I'm going to say that word again, exact image, likeness, duplication of his son, Jesus Christ, the firstborn amongst many brethren, for whom God called, he justified, and who he justified, he glorified. Powerful, and I love it from the Mirror Study Bible, and it tells us this, he pre-designed and engineered us He pre-designed and engineered us from the start to be jointly fashioned in the same mold and image of his son, according to the exact blueprint of his thought. Wow, how beautiful that is. He rendered us innocent and also adorned us with splendor and esteem. So we talked about, did you ever wonder, was it just a statement that Paul made in Philippians chapter 4, verse 13? Now, this isn't in my, in my notes. I might have to add it. Philippians chapter 4, verse 13. Is, is it any wonder why, why Paul stated, I can do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthened me. I can do all things. What was his strength? The fruits of righteousness. The fruits of righteousness. Because the Spirit of God's Son was sent to dwell with his spirit, to be jointly formed with his spirit. Corinthians chapter, 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 17. Who, he was joined to the Lord as one spirit with the Lord. So, no, it's no wonder that he said that, that he was able to say that. You know, it, it took some time for his revelation and illumination to grow. You know, I've stated it this before. You know, when we read Paul... And his, 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 his letters, you know, sometimes we have to remember that he took time to get there. His revelation and his illumination did, did take time. There were so, certain things that were instant. But, you know, he spent time in the desert. He spent time away from Jerusalem. He spent three years with Jesus, you know, and, and, and he, he continued to learn. He continued to grow. But you know, Holy Spirit will take us to that place and take us, to, take us to that point where we can say unequivocally and boldly and mean it and mean it and mean it because it's totally true. I can do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthens me. He's one with me. He's in me. The fruits of righteousness by Christ Jesus are in me. I am filled with them 
plenteously, plenteously. And so we talked about the fruit of righteousness, the character of Christ is what we started. And the first two things yesterday we talked about were phenomenal. And I hope you, if you haven't listened or heard, you go back and listen to tomorrow, uh, listen to yesterday's message, either on Facebook or uh, you can follow me on Podbean, Pod P O D B E A N Podbean or iTunes. I'm on iTunes. If you have an Apple phone, it's, it's as easy as can be. You get all my messages on iTunes. And if you don't know how to to get them, let me know, and I'll send you the send you the link. So we talked about the mind of Christ. Can you imagine having the mind of Christ? And then we talked about the wisdom of Christ, having the mind and wisdom of Christ. And then the word of God tells us this, tells us that we have it, that we, that we possess it. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 12 and verse 16. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 12 and verse 16. And Ephesians chapter 1, verse 8 and 9. We have the mind of Christ and we have the wisdom of Christ. And then we looked at Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 and 23, where it talks about the fact that we have his very nature. And I'm going to read it real quick. It says this, Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 through 23. But the fruit produced by the Holy Spirit is divine love in all its varied expressions, joy that overflows, Peace that subdues, patience that endures, kindness in action, a life full of virtue, faith that prevails, gentleness of heart, and strength of spirit. Now, I'm going to ask you an important question. Doesn't that sound just like you? Doesn't that describe you, your very character, well, guess what? It is. It is. This is you. This is who you are. This is your nature. This is your character. These are heartful confessions that we should have. They're not lies. They're all truth. They're all the truth from the Word of God. Listen, First Second Corinthians chapter 1 Verse 20, 21, it tells us how we have been established in righteousness. We have been established in righteousness in Christ by the Father and sealed by the Holy Spirit. This is the truth of Scripture. This is who we are. This is what we are. This is all we contain. And so we talk about his his divine nature, his very nature. But the fruit produced by the Holy Spirit within us. Number one is divine love in all its varied expressions. Always remember, God is love and he loves. God is love and he loves. Do you know Paul makes a statement, love fulfills the law. Love fulfills the law, right? If you act in love, godly love, You fulfill all laws about your neighbors, you know, towards your wife, towards your husband, towards your children, towards your co-workers. Love is supreme, and God is love. What is God? He is love, right? 
John 3.16, we know that. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. God so loved, he gave the world. Now think about the world. He gave his son. He loved, loved, loved. He gave the world. Were they in a condition um, where they were deserving of it? No. Deserving, right, and worth and value are different things. Okay? They were the world. Sinful, right? Rebellious, in opposition. That's when he loved. That's when he loved and gave. Loved and gave. Even Jesus, remember Jesus made a statement like, well, maybe, maybe someone, maybe one of you would, would, you know, give your life for someone that it was worthy of it, you know, some, somebody who you really cared about, or, or maybe that was Paul, but you know what I'm talking about. In John chapter 17, verse 23, Jesus prayed, you know, that they would know, Father, that they would know, and I hope you know this, that because God is love, Right? The, the love that God had for Jesus, we, we, don't never, we never would question that. It's the same love he has towards us. And Jesus prayed that, that we would know that because God is love. The world, the world, and that word for world, when you, God so loved the world, is cosmos. Cosmos. <clears throat> it means the earth, the world, and, and its entire entirety of inhabitants. Everyone. Every single person. Romans chapter 5, verse 5 and verse 8. It tells us that the Holy Spirit was, was shed abroad on our hearts to reveal the love of God for us. Verse 8 of Romans chapter 5 tells us, God and God commended this love to us. He commends this love to us. He shows this love to us. He gives this love to us. He grants that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us powerful love. Ephesians chapter 3 verse 19, Paul is praying that we would know this love, this love of God. You know, how, how, how high, how deep, how wide, the depth of it, you know, the length of it, the breadth of it, that we would know the love of Christ. And in 1 John, let's give John some credit, chapter 4 verse 10, he tells us, here is love. Not that you love God, but that he loves you. Why? Because he is love. He's love. And he sent his son to, to be a payment, propitiation for our sins. Not only our sins, but for the sins of the entire cosmos, world, the earth, the entire earth and all its inhabitants. And so, we remember 1 John chapter 4, verse 7 and 8. I remember that verse. I have it memorized because we used to sing it all the time. When I was back in the youth group, this is First John 4, 7 and 8. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God. And everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. And he that loves not, he that loves not, knows not God, for God is love. And so we have the character of his love, the nature of his love, so we can love. And if you're saying, no, I don't have that capacity, you're A, not understanding the scriptures, B, you're denying the truth of what God is telling you here, or three, and I know this is not the case, you don't know God. 
perhaps there's some of you that are listening that don't yet know God. But he is love. His nature is love. His character is love. The fruit of righteousness is the character of Christ. That means we have his mind, we have his wisdom, and we can love as he loves. You can. We can. These are heartfelt confessions we should have. Believe unto righteousness, filled with the fruits of righteousness, speak them with your mouth. I can love as my daddy loves because it's my nature, because I have his nature. Wow, that's powerful. So what has God done? He's given us the spirit and nature of his son. Now we can love as God loves. And we see how God loves in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. From the Mere Study Bible, I'm going to be reading. Chapter 13 from 1 Corinthians, and I'll be starting from verse 3. Love is not about defending a point of view. You know? Do you ever feel that you always have to be right? I know at times I might drift back into that, into that mm, characteristic where, no, no, I have to be right. I have to be right. I know I'm right, so I'm, I'm just going to stick to my point, stand on my point, stay with my point, and I'm, you know, and, you know, the, rate, the louder I'll raise my voice, the, you know, that, that means the, the more I'm right. Raise my voice louder, I'm right. I raise my voice louder still, I'm right, you know. But love, love's not the, about defend, defending your point of view. You know, it's like, hey, you know what? I, I, could, uh, I could see how you feel. I can, I can see, uh, I could, I could, I could see what you're saying. You know, that doesn't mean I'm agreeing, right? But, but, but love doesn't have to defend its point of view. That's that's powerful because then that could leave you in a peaceful situation with people. That that means a peaceful, a, a, always a peaceful presence with people. Even if I am prepared to give away everything. I have and die a martyr's death. Love does not have to prove itself by acts of supreme devotion or self-sacrifice. Wow. Wow. You know, love, that's, that's, that's very important. That's very important. You think every day you might have to constantly prove and constantly prove and constantly prove. That, that is a snare. That's not being led by the Holy Spirit and allowing the flow of the Holy Spirit in your life. You having to prove 